We have a calm, cool cat from Colgate, Oklahoma in Luke Palmer and also a WWE Hall of Famer and current Knox County Mayor, Glenn Jacobs, or you may know him as Kane, both today on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. It is Wednesday once again, and the podcast called Simply Mercer is back in your life. The Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast. Happy Hump Day. Hope you're all having a great week. Thank you for coming here today to celebrate this fine day in the middle of the week. And it's not just Wednesday. It's not just Hump Day. It is also National Ice Cream Pie Day, National Pierre Noir Day for those wine drinkers, National Mail Order Catalog Day, and National Fajita Day. Fajita Day. That's right. All good things, no matter what you're celebrating. Thank you for coming here this week. And wow, we got a big show here this week. So I'm going to jump right into it. Two guests here this week. One, a calm, cool cat from Colgate, Oklahoma, third year Elite Series Pro, Luke Palmer, and WWE Hall of Famer, Kane. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. We'll start with Luke Palmer and this dude is playing up a, a prime example of hard work and being a good guy and finding success in life. And if this interview doesn't prove anything, I think it will prove that. He is truly one of the good guys, truly one of the hardest workers out there, has more jobs currently than I've had in my entire life cumulatively. But let's go to Colgate, Oklahoma and welcome in Luke Palmer. I'm joining Luke Palmer right now, and I'm assuming you are in Colgate, Oklahoma? That's where I'm at, sitting at the hardware store, getting ready to get going. See, that's what makes me, for whatever reason, I've always, you know, there's certain people you're like, hey, that's a dude I need to hang out with. We have a little bit in common, but this is not one of the things because I've spent my entire life avoiding work. And you, my friend, you seem to do more work than most people. You have multiple jobs. You're not just an elite series pro, are you? No, you know, I I wish I was. You know, I <laughs> wish that's all I did. I wish I fished every single day. Uh, now I come back home. As soon as we're done with the tournament, you know, I'm pretty much, heck, you know, we just Champlain or St. Lawrence River. I get in the truck. As soon as it's over with, drive home, go back to work and get the grass cut, get the cows work, get back to the hardware store and try to help some people around. So there's, there's not very many days off for me, which, you know, to do what we do and stuff like that, you gotta, you gotta sometimes put the bill and I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. So I got to get back to work and that way I stay on the water. You know, that's the only way I can do it. Is that the goal in your mind is the perfect goal at some point? It's just fishing. That's the only thing I focus on or with your family and your history with the store and everything, is that even an option? I would, I'd like to say it would be, you know, I, I would love, you know, just to strictly go be like Kaku right now and be sitting at South Dakota on Oahe or whatever, wherever he's at fishing. Um, but I don't know if I could ever get out of the store, you know, it's been in my family, I think for 80 years and that, that'd be very tough to, completely walk away from and not have it just because of the ties I've had with it and, and the people I get to see every day and deal with. And it, I enjoy that, you know, a lot. Um, but 
all in all, it would be pretty cool just to be fishing every day, you know, and, and really get to learn it and, uh, just enjoy being on the water. Um, but you know, like I said, I enjoy being around people and it, this is, this is home to me, I guess you'd say, you know. For those, I mean, I've never been, but, but a hardware store can be many things. I mean, when you visualize a hardware store, it could be many. But what, what, what is life at the hardware store like? What, what do you do there? What, what, what kind of store is it? It's actually, you know, we, we have a little bit of everything. We have furniture. We have appliances. We sell mowers. We sell deer corn, concrete. We have a fishing section, which, you know, I kind of try to man that up a little bit. Bolts. I mean, we're kind of one of those mom and pop stores that that way you can, if you have a major problem, we should be able to get you fixed. Um, and we still actually help people when they come in the front door. It's hi, how are you doing? And I actually help them. You know, I kind of got to, you got to have a, a little bit of knowledge in a lot of different areas to try to be able to help them. Um, but you know, I get here at seven, 15 to 7 30 and i leave here at 5 30 or 6 every day um but i wouldn't change it i mean i like i said when people come to the door and you can help them with because everybody i deal with has a problem i mean very yeah. rarely is it like well who i get to go to look, see luke's hardware stores because my <laughs> pipes are broke you know but when they do get out of here i hope i've helped them and it's and that's that's the satisfaction i guess you get out of it it's almost as good as catching a five pounder at the classic but not quite so in my head, I visualize that that this hardware store is like a throwback in time. You, you know what I mean? Where, where you're not used to, it's where the hand is there to, you know, shake your hand when you come in the door. You know a lot of the people. Is that, it, it sounds kind of howdy-doody-ish, but, but I mean, it, it seems about right. You know, that's, that's really how it is. It's kind of how we, um, I don't know how you'd say it, how we ran our business for my entire life that I've known it. Um, because I've been to places where you walk in and you don't know where anything is and you wander aimlessly around for two hours and you still don't know where you're at. Um, so when someone walks in the door here, I can actually walk them. I could take their hand and walk them over to the bowl section and get exactly what they need and get them in and get out instead of having to wait around forever. Cause when you got issues or problems, you need to get in and get out and go on and, uh, and that's where it's kind of helped for us. So I think that's, that's been a good thing because we have been very blessed with people. They've started traveling a long ways, especially this pandemic stuff, um, to buy washers and dryers from us from <laughs> two hours away. I mean, I don't know if it's because we've got, we normally try to keep a pretty good stock and I keep things stocked up for things to happen. You know, people are, they need things now because we can't get things. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, Fishing stuff has been a hard thing to get, and you know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of aggravating in a way, but that's, that's where we're at in life, I guess you'd say. It sucks, but, you know, we just have to try to do the best we can and roll on to it, and it, it still sucks. So when I get my sheet every week and I have 150 items that didn't come in because they're out of stock, that kind of hurts your feelings a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm ever in Colgate, Oklahoma, and I have a problem, I know where to go. But I do want to oh, talk yeah. to you about fishing. How in the world, when I look at your record, you've had an incredibly consistent, uh, what is it, three years? Now? Was that the end of your third year yeah. on the Elite Series? Yeah. Would you would you agree with me? An incredibly consistent record. It has been, but it's 
I'll be honest, last year pissed me off. Why? You know, because I suck. I mean, I had, don't be wrong. It looked, I, on paper, I had a good year, but two tournaments and it could have been a great year. You know, yeah. I'm saying a top 10 to me is a great year, you know, in points. Um, and I was 20th. I've moved up a little bit, but I've been close each year in one or two tournaments to have a shot at winning one. And that would uh, kind of solidify it, I guess, for me to really consider that I've had a good year. And I mean, making a classic, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm tickled to death with that because that, yeah. you know, after, the, after about three tournaments, if you're not pushing for angle of the year, you better be surviving to get to that classic. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Like I, I really didn't. My first year, you know, I made the classic. I was like, okay, this is this ain't gonna be too bad. Yeah, BS. It's Just another tournament, right? <laughs> it, it's not. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, everybody's getting better every year, you know. Um, and the guys coming in, they're not rookies. These guys no. coming in anymore. I mean, they're not like Luke coming in that doesn't have a spinning rod. These guys have already got their stuff lined up in life and, and know what's going on. Uh, Wait a second. Did you really not have a spinning rod when you came into the Elite Series? No, I didn't. You, you qualified no. for the Elite Series and you did not have a spinning rod? I, I didn't even own one. <laughs> I, okay, I take that back. I had a trout rod that I used when I was in college because we have a little blue or blue river they call it and they stock trout in it every year i mean i spent some time in there during college but now <laughs> you so what, seen me at a, what happened you to make you embrace the spinning rod something must have was there one event or well uh i think it was hartwell uh that first year you had to try to skip a wacky worm <laughs> under a dock yeah you should have seen i told my marshals as soon as they got in the boat i said i'm going to end up on top of this dock around stuff like it, I'm, it's pitiful. I mean, it was, I wish I'd have had a GoPro going then because we could have put a bloopers video for two months just for what I was doing. Didn't know how to tie braid the fluoro, never heard of it. I mean, Brock Mosley, he kind of helped me out and he said, get you some braid and tie your fluoro. So how do you do that? So I had to get on YouTube, watch Paul Nick's videos. I'm tie. <laughs> just, and I had like, 25 or 30 pound test braid, the smallest I could find, a 15 pound fluoro, which the hell I didn't know you need anything smaller than that. It was a, uh, it was, I still made the cut, but I was very fortunate and lucky. But uh, it was, it's, it's been a learning experience, man. I, I just, Oklahoma, we don't have to have spin rods. I mean, since I've got them and started using them now, it's going to be, if we ever do come back here, it's going to help a lot. Uh, but it's, it's been a very trying that first year and a half was very trying for me to go up to go up to the St. Lawrence river that we don't have current here. We, I mean, you know, Arkansas rivers got current, but our bass don't associate the current like those crazy fish do. Yeah. And after drifting around and I look like I broke stuff. I, I was the first pre-practice trip up there. I wanted to like take every one of my rods and break them and drain the St. Lawrence river. But it was, so <laughs> I was uh, very, very frustrated. But, you know, back to the consistency deal, it's, it's been really, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess because I'm just a grinder. I mean, you watch me on live, I don't just thrash the heck out of fish. I don't. I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably boring watching on live because I'm only going to catch six, seven fish a day. 
you know, uh, I might do something dumb and hang the back of my head with a jerk bait or something. But other than that, I, I just, I just fish as hard as I can from the time I kick my pro motor out to the time I put it up and hope for six or seven bites. I mean, it's, you know, Gunnersville actually was probably one of my funnest tournaments I've had to be in the top 10. I caught a lot of fish the first three days. Day four was a little bit tougher. Um, but it's, a it's been, it's been a grind. I mean, I don't know if it's cause how I fish in Oklahoma, um, trying to, cause we don't fish groups or I don't, you know, I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a, a target fisherman run up and hit a lay down here and then hit 30 more lay down and hopefully catch five fish. That's, that's how I've ran my whole career up to fishing elite. And now we go to these badass fisheries and it's like, what are all these fish doing here? I mean, cause we're not used to it as much here in Oklahoma as, you know, and Canadian fish are a little bit <laughs> more aggressive. They're dumb as rocks. <laughs> they, they, if it's something in front of them, they're going to bite, which is, I, that's what I wish everybody could experience going up there and fishing up North though, because our fish down here get beat from December 31st to December 31st every year, you know, and it, I don't know if they get tougher to tougher or fishing will get worse. One of the two because we just pound the same stuff over and over again. So what did you do to, I mean, to go from, uh, it blows me away that you did not, you know, have a spinning rod when you qualified, but, but to go from that to when I watch you, I mean, I'm assuming you're fairly proficient with a spinning rod. Now you obviously put in some time. How much time did you put in to play catch up in that department? Well, whenever, um, after the Gunnersville classic, we, you know, we got shut down. Um, I have some private lakes and stuff I can go to and they have big ones like six, seven, 10, 12, yeah. even 14 pounders in it. Wow. Well, I took a spinning rod and I told my dad, I said, this is all I'm taking. I said, I don't care. I said, I'm going to learn to throw a wacky worm because I know when we go back to Santee Cooper, which is where I was at whenever we got shut down. And uh, I said, I'm going to learn this daggone thing. And I went four or five, six weekends. And that was all I threw was a wacky one. And it was ridiculous how many fish I caught, but I'm still learning. You know I mean? It's like they'd never seen anything like that before here. Um, but I, I spent, and even this last weekend I went fishing uh, with dad and we went to some deals and I almost threw that spinning rod. That was it because I said, I've got to get better with it. And I'm still not, I mean, it might look impressive, but it's not, you know, maybe you get to see the good stuff when I'm not on top of the docks or beating someone's pontoons to death. But uh, it, it's just, it was it was tough. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm still not good at it, but I have, I have worked at it. I mean, I don't, we go to even just go and free fishing for tournaments or something around here. I've got a spin rod on my deck just because I'm going to try it. I mean, cause you've got to, you, you've got to do it. I mean, I was a bait caster guy, hardcore, regardless if it was drop shotting or jigging or whatever, I would still be throwing a bait caster. Um, it took some time to get used to that on a drop shot, but I would still throw 20 pound tests and just wreck the hell out of them when I could. But the, the narrative that you hear today from everybody is, is if I'm not Takumi Ito, 
who just literally just finished pre-fishing, I think, yesterday. You know, the season's a month over, and he just headed back to Japan, I think, yesterday or got home yesterday, whatever it was. If I don't do that, or if I don't have all the money in the world to buy all the electronics, there's no way to make it on the Elite Series. That's what people will say. Or there's no way to make it and have a job. So how are you competing when you look at, I mean, that's a month worth of pre-fishing that, that you weren't able to do, you know, you went back to work. So how, how are you able to compete with that? Is there something, is it just literally that work ethic? I, I think it's gotta be some of the work ethic, you know, I mean, every one of us put in daylight to dark, just about, you know, there's no, when we get there, everybody has the same set of skills. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's anglers who are better at adapting and stuff. Uh, but I really think, the mental side is the difference between finishing mid pack and to the top, I guess you'd say. Um, just because I don't have a limit at one o'clock or just because I don't catch on my first spot, which is normally that's how it is for me. I don't ever pull up on a spot and just wreck them like I'm supposed to. So I have to mentally, a lot of guys are going to spin out. Well, I've been used to that my whole life. Things not working out right off the bat. So <laughs> You know, you just you just go. Uh, and I said a lot. I've got one of those a shooter mentality, I guess, um, in basketball. If I miss six in a row, I don't remember what happened those six, you know, and just like losing a fish. Uh, it, you can't you can't remember it. If you do, it's liable to eat on you all day long and, and just it can ruin your whole day. Don't let one fish ruin your day. Um and I kind of use that as, as when I'm there fishing twos in my spots. Cause like I said, normally one, two and three don't work. So maybe four five and six are going to, um, but going on the work, it, you put in as much time as you can, you know, watching old videos, reading things on it. And now since we got Google earth, which is, you know, you can go and look back on time on it. And, and it's, it's, it's been a learning experience for me, you know, but, I still go back to the, I, you know, everybody watches the old videos, you know, everybody's watched Oahe already like 46 times and trying <laughs> to figure out where uh, Daniels is fishing at. I can't catch his fish. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you you kind of, you have to do what you're capable of doing. And that's kind of what I've really leaned on. Um, you know, I like to flip and stuff like that, but I've also went and learned how to use that spinning rod, you know, uh, where it doesn't, it's not as bad of a situation when I pick it up and the line's pulled off in the rod box and I want to kill myself. But it, uh, it, you, you just have to go with what you can do. I mean, because I have, I've learned too that if I'm trying to do something outside of the box, that I'm not used to against these guys who are already doing the outside of the box stuff. I'm going to get my butt kicked nine times out of 10, you know, cause my versatility is maybe I'm not as comfortable doing those things because I'm just not, that's not my confidence level. So I'm going to go back to my confidence or when we go up to Oahe, I'm liable to be up. I don't know if there's grass or anything in it, but if there's rocks, well, we got rocks in Oklahoma, you know, I mean, that's about all we got is rocks. So I, I know how to fish rocks so I can, you know, use that in the different situations. And I think it could, it could play dividends for me. Sometimes it'll kick me in the butt like it did at uh, Knoxville. Uh, but you just, 
sometimes confidence is really, really good. And sometimes it can be bad on situations that Knoxville, for instance, that was, God, that was, that's still like, it, it fires me up even thinking about that tournament. Why is still today? Oh, it's still like that. That's like that. Like has drove me nuts ever since that when it was over with. I mean, that was my worst finish I've ever had, like ninety fifth. And after my practice, I called my buddy on day one, and the first hour and a half was like, "This is going to be a good one." Like it's it's not going to be a big weight tournament, which is good for me because I'm not a I'm not a big hammer like catching ninety five pounds a day. It's just not me. Um, and I told him, I said, "This is." This is, could be a possibility for me. And then I drove by guessing he was calling out every three seconds. And, and uh, I, I just couldn't get anything going. I was on, I found some big small mouth that they moved like small mouth do, except Gussie. They didn't move at all. They just like moved into his live well or moved out. Of yeah. Like, <laughs> but I was, I was really pissed off after that one. Like I, I really thought I was going to do well in it. And then I completely shelled. That if I would have had a decent tournament there, I could have been in the top 10 in points in that one, just, you know, one terrible finish, and it could have been a lot better season for me. How have you been able to avoid the one pitfall that it seems that anglers fall into early in their Elite Series career is dock talk and and following to fish like somebody else? And, and it, I mean, I think I maybe know the answer. You seem incredibly comfortable in your own skin, you know, comfortable being who you are. You, you know what I mean? You're not trying to be somebody different. Is, am I reading that right? Is that how you've been able to avoid that? Or did you fall into that a few times? You know, I, I've kind of went, like I said, I've, I've done my own thing. Uh, you know, I've watched Christian Hackney and all them guys, but you know, we all have people we've watched and seen how they do things. And it's like, they don't give a damn how everybody else gets them. They're going to go and, catch them flipping or throwing a spinnerbait, that's what they're going to go do. And and I think that's kind of, that's the reason I guess I'm the way I am because I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You have to say, if you can't catch them on a spinnerbait, you better go be able to throw a drop shot or something and catch them yeah. to avoid it. But you just have to stay true to yourself, you know? Um, but it, it, it's been, it, it does get tough. I mean, because, Hell, you come up to them now and say, heck, they're catching 25 pounds a day. Well, I ain't caught anything over 12 and a half all week long. So this isn't going to be a, this is going to be rough on me. Um, you know, whenever, uh, the year I qualified, we went to Ross Barnett, the first tournament and I'd never seen grass before. Didn't know what it was. I mean, I'd seen coontail, which is in ponds. That's all I got here. And, yeah. uh, and then we show up there and everybody's like, oh, it's going to take. 30 pounds a day to win this tournament. Well, guys, there's 220 boats in a lake the size of this pinky. You know, it's, and, uh, it didn't take, I think, took 50 something pounds to win there. Yeah. Um, it was, it was brutal, tough, big cold front, you know, whatever. But I, I just kept chugging away. Everybody was out, you know, you're going to have to fish offshore to do really well and all this. Well, I went back to beating the bank like I always do. And, uh, now I ended up really well. I had it. Actually, uh, I can't remember who won that tournament, but we were fishing 50 yards from each other. You know, he was just out a little bit further than me, and I had to fish on to do well and win it, but he put them in the boat. That's just that's just part of it. But that tournament there allowed me to get the confidence in myself to say, hey, 
you can do this your way. You know, don't, you don't have to do it everybody else's way because that's not how you do things. Just chug along and work as hard as you can at what you're doing and then let the chips fall where they may fall. It's really cool and really rare to hear that from somebody who just finished their third season on the elites, honestly, because it's easy for Jason Christie to be that way. It's re- easy for Greg Hackney to be that way because they became that way through success, you know, through winning, you know, I won that way. So I'm going <laughs> to, but everybody becomes who they are through a bunch of different people being involved. And I imagine Jason Christie had to be one of the guys that you looked up to, um, growing up in Oklahoma. I mean, you're, you're kind of, I, I remember before I even knew you, I explained you as a, a more approachable, friendly Jason Christie. When I watch you fish manner, mannerisms wise, you're very much, but not near as intimidating. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to kill you. I just, you know, I can still talk. I don't, I don't have to like, don't get in my creek with me, you know, not yet. Give nah, you a few years. <laughs> nah, you know, that's, that's one thing I've always been. I've just been pretty, pretty chilled about things. I don't, you know, a lot of guys get mad at each other because this guy's beating our butt every week or, you know, I, I never really was that guy. You know, my dad, we'd, we'd go to tournaments together when I was 11 and uh, we got our teeth kicked in a lot of years. And uh, because he let me do the show instead of him running it, probably the reason. Uh, but he lets you run we, the boat. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. that wasn't a very good decision on his part because. We fished against a lot of, well, we had a fish against Crete, Jeff Crete, Jeff Reynolds, you know, guys like that on yeah. the same team, which wasn't too good down here in Oklahoma. But uh, it was. Yeah, but was he was playing the uh, long game. It seemed like it worked out. His 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 it, approach may have worked out long game. It, it did. It, it gave me, well, I didn't have much confidence early in life, <laughs> but it, it, it learned, I learned to get beat, you know, and that's, because in baseball and basketball, we really, I've had a fairly successful career doing that, you know, in high school and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I think the fishing deal actually made me say, Hey, <laughs> you're not near as good as what you think you are sometimes. And, uh, it, very humbling. And, but like I was saying, we would stay around the tournament regardless. We got our teeth kicked in or if we want, there was, I mean, we're the last ones to leave. Hell, we sometimes help them clean up. You know, that was just, we enjoyed being around people. And, but people, like you say, I said, people would get mad at, say, me, or I've, I've done really well in these tournaments and done good. And they get where they wouldn't talk. And it's like, guys, I'm not, it's not me. It's not you. It's, I'm fishing against the fish. I'm not going to get mad at you for you catching more fish than me. That's just, that's my own fault. You know, so I'm going to get mad at myself. And that's why I always kind of took it. And, uh, cause, I don't know. I like being around people. You've kind of noticed that the last few years. You got hanging out after tournaments and stuff. And and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, because when the tournament's over with, that's when the stress is done. So when I step step off the water at three o'clock, that day is over with. I'm going to, you know, you got to chill. You got to, you got to decompress. And I watch the end zone of that show. And, and uh, how you said, you got to decompress every now and then and just, just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think it's very important to be yourself, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons that you've really been as comfortable and done as well as you have. Um, but you just threw out a term that everyone uses. It's, it's not, I'm not trying to beat you. It's me against the fish. And I get that. 
but there is certain people I'm sure that are a little more fun to beat than others. And, and that's what I'm going to ask you right now. Who do you like to beat on the elite series? Who do you like to trash talk and who trash talks you when they beat you? Gosh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have anybody. You know, you're just too good a person. Like the, if you've watched, if you've never heard of Luke Palmer before now, you <laughs> tuned into this podcast, you're like, good God, he will fix your washer dryer. And then he'll <laughs> just help you. I mean, there has to be some darkness in you. See, I don't know. Like I, I'm just, Hell, I get along with everybody. You see me in the tank line? You do. Hell, I talk to literally everybody. I mean, unless you're, you know, you're up front, you don't get to be in the back very often. I know. But I just, I, I get along with everybody. I don't, I don't have anybody that's enemies, you know. Uh, I mean, I would like to be Hackney every now and then, but he seems to elude that somehow. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, I, I like Hackney. Like, that was, I met him at a show uh, the year he wasn't with us. And uh, I think that was the, the dark year that years. he was trying to, yeah, the dark year. And he was coming back actually then and uh, had done a show with him. And after that, I've talked to him all the time and I uh, really respect him and like the guy. A lot of guys are intimidated by him. Hell, he pulls up beside me and drops his poles. And I think he gives me a stare just trying to intimidate me. But, it, you know, it's not always there. I think he he definitely embraces that role. You know what I mean? And I think him and Christy, I mean, because they really are two of the nicest dudes but that role has become a thing. And, and I guess, I don't know if it became like, I mean, I'm sure at some time Tommy Biffle gave that same look to Greg Hackney. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a generational, you got to be the intimidator there. They're, those are guys that, that I think embrace that role. What do you, do you agree with me on that? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I've, I've only been around Biffle a couple of times, but I, his issue, I think is his shorts are a little bit, too tied up, you know, <laughs> sucking him up a little bit, and that kind of gives him a, you know, that that would probably aggravate me too. You know? Makes you ornery. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I, I, you kind of have to have that, you know, in basketball. You know, kind of used to do stuff like that in a way to you got to shut people down. You know, if you can take their confidence away from them, that that's another big deal. And because if you're not confident in what you're about to go out and do, and you're scared that these guys are going to beat your teeth in, you're going to be in trouble. All right. I'm going to ask you a blunt question. How, how in the world there's people who work in hardware stores all across the world that would love to be in the position you're in. Why did you end up here? When have you ever stopped to think and say, man, you know, cause you fished with a lot of good. What are those guys, those guys behind you are, they're doing real work. They're not like you, right? Yeah. They're getting, they're getting nice and stuff right now. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Good day ahead. <laughs> um, you have to have said that to you. I mean, I know I do it to myself all the time. I'm like, I've worked with a lot of better MCs and people who I think should have my job, but for whatever reason I ended up where I am and, and I'm thankful for every moment of it. Have you ever had that thought? I think that every day when I like literally when I get, when I get to a tournament, it doesn't seem right. It really doesn't. You know, uh, my first year, whenever we done that, uh, we went to little rock and did the, uh, kind of like a pre-show yeah. type stuff and walked in there and heard Tommy Sanders voice for the first time. Like that was the, and Bob Cobb, he was there too. So that was like mind blown instantly. Because yeah. their voice, you, you don't forget it. 
you know, it's like you and Zona, like I can hear you guys from across the street and it, it seems surreal every single time for me. Um, it doesn't walking up on the stage even doesn't seem right because I still feel like I should be out there or well, not out there. I should be here at the hardware store watching it on live. (laughs) You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't go with me. Uh, and it feels awkward. It really does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love every second of it when I'm there, but it still doesn't seem right. It still doesn't seem like I should be fishing a classic. It, and it, it, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. It, it, I don't know. It just that never set into me, I guess, because I'm not fishing full time. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm still coming back and going to work every day. And, you know, it's just, that's just what I do. Does that, do you think that that will help you stay more competitive as time goes on? Just that realistic, you know, if you start to believe your own press clippings, that seems to be when it goes down, but, but that clearly does not seem to be the case with you. I mean, if you look at your record, you've done incredibly well, but you still kind of feel like you're living outside your body. Is that a good place to be? It is because I think it, like you said, I think it does, it drives me harder to, get to where I want to be. You know, I, I would love to be doing it full time, which I, I probably won't ever do it full time. You know what I mean? I'm still going to have yeah. the tour, hopefully, unless we decide to get rid of it. And then I'm going to have to, I'm suck it up, you know, become tacos. And, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just, it, it, you know, I, I had a kid coming here today. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you watched that video. I did. Kid coming cool. in and, you talk about weird for me because I'm still Luke the Hardford guy to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not a professional. You know, it doesn't seem like that to me. And uh, seeing that kid walk in was uh, pretty, pretty special. You know, it blew my mind because I wasn't expecting him to like break down, like because he lives literally 45 minutes from me in a town that I've played ball against, and you know, and it, it was, it was pretty cool. I could. <laughs> It still shocks me. Like it doesn't make sense. It's still, I'm still, I mean, I was trying to sell my washer and a couch while they were here. So, <laughs> <laughs> what what is uh uh you know I know you want to fish full time and all that, but what what when this all ends, what needs to happen for you to look back and be like, man, I did what I wanted to do in that sport. I want to win. You know. Uh, I want to I want to pull a Seth and have a hell of a year like he did. I want to have one of those years bad. Uh, you know, I'm everybody wants the three the three titles. You yeah. know, the Blue Trophy, Classic, and Angle Year. But I don't know. It it would be a toss up between me and the cla- the Angle Year and the Classic of which one I think would be the the biggest thing. But I think being competitive, really competitive, the entire time I'm on the Elite. Um, since I've already screwed up, I wanted to win one my first year. I wanted to win one my second year. I wanted to win one my third. I've already screwed that up. And I said I wanted to make every single cut that I could ever, you know, in every elite tournament. Well, I screwed that up first year. So the only thing I'd like to do from now on is make every class. That would, you know, that that's the main goal. I mean, because if you're not there, you can't win it. And I think that would be my next thing. Maybe I can, I don't know where Van Dam's 
where did his run stop at? 28, 30, wherever it was. 28. Yeah, he was at 28. 28. Well, Clun had, well, I mean, yeah, no, no, actually, he had, I think it was 25 in a row that he got to yeah. fish. Um, I think, I think it was 25 he got to fish, but, but don't you ever put well, me in the spot like that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to, like, if I, I would love to be able to do that, but that means I got to fish for another 23 years to even have a shot at that. And, I hope my body can hold up for another 23 years from the beatings we take out there on the water. But that, that would, that would be, that's, that's the goal now. Uh, but I, but I'm going to take it one day at a time. I mean, when we show up next year at Palatka, I'd love to win that one there too. You know, just, I, I just, I just want to do well, you know, and do well for sponsors and stuff like that. Cause if it wasn't for them, we're, you know, we're not going to make it. You know, even me working every day, still, it still be rough. Yeah, it see, it seems like your your goals and everything has a bit of a pattern. I mean, it's just keep working hard and keep doing well, and and the rest will take care of itself. Highlight. Well, well if you had to pick one day on the Elite Series or Classic, you know, in the last three years, is there is there a day that stands out to be like, man, that 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 was a that's my, that's the day that I look back on as the best, or if you wish to use your worst day that, that you can use that. <laughs> oh, you know, Gunnersville on day two, I complete, well, on day one, I thrashed them pretty good too, but on day two, I really, it was like everywhere I went, it was, you know, a three and a half, four pounder, um, Actually, I take that back. I'm going to go to Champlain when I caught 20 pounds of smallies. That was probably the stupidest, craziest, fun day I've had. Um, and I lost a bunch of fish, some really big ones. Um, and then I thought, boy, day three, I'm going to, boy, it's going to be on. Yeah. And then I pulled up and had like 17 pounds in 20 minutes. I was like, yep, I got all day to catch a four pounder. And then I never caught another four pounder all day. But uh, that day before, I found a lot of big smallmouth and some big schools and it was, it was pretty cool, but you know, then smallmouth don't like me sometimes and they run and they did. Uh, but the, the worst one was definitely the Knoxville deal. Like on day two of Knoxville, I think I lost like eight keepers in a row. And, uh, that was, that was one where just keepers were vital. Yeah, that's gold. You know? Oh, well they were. And I lost a four pounder on the first day which would have gave me seven pounds, which doesn't sound like much, but it was, you're still in a possibility yeah. of doing well. <laughs> and then you lose seven. And what was really nice is my marshal told me every time I lost one, <laughs> he was like, dang, that one, that would have really helped you. That would have called out that little one you just caught her. <laughs> oh, I was like, my mind was like, you talk about a trying day and it was pouring down rain. It was miserable, you know, it's 40 yeah. degrees cold and raining and miserable. And it was, I was, uh, I was very, 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 very frustrated when I stepped off the boat that day. But, you know, we bounced back and had a pretty good, you know, uh, well, I didn't miss a cut till St. Lawrence River after that. So, and that place there kills me, but I, I'm learning. I, I got to ask you about one day and one experience, because if I don't ask you about it, I mean, I'll get in trouble from others. Um, what happened? To, I mean, you went to the beach one day this year. I mean, it's not all just work. Some days, some days you got to go to the beach, right? Tell me the story. Yeah. What happened and how it all worked out. 
that was, uh, I'm going to say BS on going to the beach. It wasn't work because that was the <laughs> worst work I think I've ever done. Uh, well, at Mallet's Bay, I was, I was whatever that bay is down there. I was going to, well, if I cut through this bridge, I'm going to save myself like four days of running because you have to go all the way back around the run. I mean, I just want to go to the inland sea and look at some stuff on the south end of it. Well, if I cut to the bridge, it's like four miles. If I go around the bridge, it's 44 miles. So I'll run across it. Yeah. You know, no big deal. And uh, I've, we run across sand all the time. Well, as I'm running, I look beside me and I'm seeing the bottom, which is nothing new at Champlain. It's clear. And I run and run and look at that bridge and there's a gravel bar across that bridge. And uh, I got nervous and I checked up and I tried to turn. She was locked. There was no turning whatsoever. I mean, I was already sandblasting for a while. I wasn't running with about 50 or so. And then I stabbed it. I said, the hell with it. You know, maybe hopefully it drops off when I get there. Well, the closer I got, the further that <laughs> gravel bar came across and I, I sissied up and uh, I backed out of it. And when I backed out of it, she planted. I mean, planted. Well, when I, <laughs> when I get out, I'm like in between my foot and knee deep, which is not deep enough to float a boat. Not a 21 PHX anyway. But I got out and I couldn't even, it was so stuck. I couldn't even turn the boat around to go back the other way. <sighs> and whenever there was a guy salmon fishing on the other side of the bridge, I'm like, I mean, what are the chances? Well, this guy, he walks out there, he said, uh, you got a problem, huh? I'm like, you dang right I do. Well, he helped me push. We got her turned around, but at 19 feet, there was a little ditch. Like that was five inches deeper than where I was at, which would have been enough. I think I could have got her pushed on out. Well, the only spot in that entire little flat that was clay was where I was stuck at. You found it. I found it. I mean, literally, when you walked out 19 feet on the front of my boat, you would kind of sink in the sand because there was the old little channel there. Well, I'd walked out uh, about 145 feet. There was a four-foot ditch. I mean, like, you would fall off and you'd be over waist deep. I'm like, hell, if I get there, I'm fine. Well, this guy calls his wife. She drives 45 minutes and brings us shovels and rakes. And I dug on this boat for two, two and a half hours, which I would dig. And it was, and I had all the way back almost to my motor dug out on this deal. And I'm wet, raining on me. I'm pissed because I'm like, this is all I need at 10 o'clock in the morning. Cause you know, I'm at Champlain. I need to find some more fish. And, uh, finally we, this guy's like, you're going to call a coast guard or something. Cause we heaved and hoed on this boat. And I'm like, how many hours in are you at this point? This is at 1030 at half and this is at two o'clock. I mean, I mean, I have pushed on this boat. You can't get her to budge. I mean, both of us, it's just, and the matter, the longer I'm there, the matter I'm getting. Well, and uh, I don't, I don't have my inhaler and I got asthma. So there's me digging all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you can't do this stuff. Cause my camper's two hours away from where I'm at. And I said, I can't. This is not good for me. Well, anyway, we called, I called this guy. Well, he shows up in this 14 foot Boston whaler with a 50 horse Honda on. And I'm thinking, how is this guy going to pull me out? 
from and he gets out in his boat and he starts walking up there like, well this is something like this is this is new well he uh he ties up rope out there to where that four foot ditch was which he had dug himself already <laughs> and because he had pulled mark rose and mark uh, davis off the week before come on, on the same sandbox because <laughs> he when i called him he's like i know exactly where you're at and this is people have already told him because they were driving down the interstate get out of their cars take pictures of me get back in their vehicles and drive down the road they don't ask if i'm okay <laughs> hey you need help it's just like injury to insult so <laughs> i'm not happy well anyway this guy drops his motor in the sand blows out a hole and digs a trench all the way back to my boat and pulls me out with a 14 foot Austin <laughs> do you think maybe and it's I, a business for that guy did he charge you oh yeah i got charged <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, I'm putting started. a pattern together here. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, uh, and finally at 4.30, I started, I was able to get in my boat and actually drive it. And I think I was, it felt like I had worked out for like a week straight, entire body. I was like, the next, for the tournament, I was so give out. My forearms were cramping up. It was <laughs> like misery. But uh, he, uh but then I talked to Walters, so don't let I wasn't the only one. Walters got pulled off of the same spot, but it took the Coast Guard and fifteen hundred foot of rope for them to get enough. Oh yeah, it's forever wow. before you hit deep water. But I did save someone else some money. They were this boat come up, a big ski rig come up, and I, I was like, Look at these guys, you're about to make you some real good money. This is why the guy is there and he's like, Yeah, they better stop. And I run out in front of the boat and start waving my hands and stuff and Whenever they shut down, that big boat would just planted. I'm like, hmm, well, you should have took initiative whenever. But uh, they there was like 10 of them, and they unloaded their beer and stuff out of the boat, and their ice jets were floating. They got, and they pushed the boat around, and they got out of there. They didn't have to come help me, though, which kind of hurt my feelings. At least offer you a beer. <laughs> no joke, because I needed one in a bad way, or I, can't, I can promise you that. It was a... Uh, uh, one one of the things that um, you, you had mentioned that I don't get to see is backstage. Where did you go? Yeah. You have disappeared on me. Hang on. I Hit your screen know. again. This is so unprofessional. There you are. Okay. Yeah, thank you. My bad. <laughs> One <laughs> of the things you mentioned I don't get to see, and you're right, is backstage. I never get to see, and that's how I you know, how life is, you always want to see what you can't see, right? Like, so I'm always like backstage yeah. must be awesome during weigh-in because that's the thing I never get to see. But one thing I'm lucky that I do get to see, and I'm one of the few people that get to see it, is before you ever go on stage or any angler, um, I get to see your partner's reaction. And and watching the relationship you have with Lauren and and how much she rides on whether you catch him or don't catch him. I literally, when you don't catch him or, I mean, I watch her and you, you can see how crushed she is, just as crushed as you are in that moment. How important is that relationship? Because watching you guys, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see a relationship like that. It is. It, uh, it, it definitely it takes time and I think it takes a lot of understanding to figure out that it can be there's so many highs and lows you know in this sport and you kind of have to share them because 
and understand when it's time to be quiet and understand when it's time to hoop and holler, you know, um, it, 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 it's fun. It's enjoyable. It because doing it by yourself, it would be tough. You know, I mean, it is, it's very frustrating sometimes. And sometimes you just need to, I don't know, a, a relax, I guess, to get away from it all. And, uh, and to have someone there to help with that, it definitely, it, it helps a lot. Amazing, uh, amazing um, relationship and, and uh, an amazing three years you've had in the Elite Series. And, and one thing is evident, whether you're on the beach or whether you're at the hardware store or whether you're trying to learn how to use a spinning rod, hard work is, has, been, has been your motto. And, uh, I mean, it's working for you, dude. It's been a trip, you know. And like I said, I hope I get to do it for a long time. Um, if I can still catch a few fish every now and then and pay for it. But uh, I've, it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed it. You know, I've got to meet a lot of people. We've got to fish in places that I guarantee I'd have never left Colgate much if it wasn't for the lease. You know, I'd have never got to go to Champlain, which I think is the mecca of all fun things in life. Uh, so that's, that's been fun. And I, I hope we get to go back there because I'd like to win at that place too. Because uh, it's, that's just a fun place. I know you've probably fished it once or twice in your life. Yeah. Stay out of mallets. Stay out of mallets. Yeah, I don't want to go to Gilligan's Island. When I said that, I think Zona about lost it that day. That was probably my claim to fame right there is finally getting Zona to laugh a little bit. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it still don't seem still a dream to me. Like, I don't – if I ever did win one, it would be – I'd probably be six months later be like, huh. I don't know what that trophy's doing here, but here, which would be, I'd, I'd probably find out real quick. The bank account would have definitely appreciate it. I can promise you that. But it's, I want one. I, I want you to have to say, uh, we've finally done it one time. That, that'd be a, that's, that's the dream. Well, I, I don't think there's too many people in this sport thinking it's a question of if. It's a question of when. Thank you very much. He is a calm, cool cat from Colgate, Oklahoma, and evidently somebody's washer is, is needs a nut or something. So I'll, I'll, I'll. You're getting paged. Yeah, uh, but appreciate you having me and everything. No, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, bud. How cool a cat is that, dude? Luke Palmer, an incredibly hard worker, and uh, as I said in the interview, I don't think it's a question of if; it's a question of when. Um, and just a good dude. I mean, literally, he is the dude that you think about it. When you're in trouble and you go to walk in a hardware store and you need help with something, that's the dude you want to answer the door. And uh, an incredibly hard work ethic and uh, just a good guy. And uh, our, I guess we're putting a pattern together for our show. If you work really, really hard in life, you can accomplish some things and, and more than just one thing. Because Luke Palmer comes from many, many jobs. And our next guest has many, many jobs. The first job that most of you knew him as is WWE Hall of Famer, Kane, the Undertaker's brother. I mean, he scared the crap out of me when I was a little kid. I mean, probably the scariest I've ever been. Um, or most scared I've ever been at wrestling. But well, well, was Kane. I mean, he was just menacing and scary. Um but luckily in life, I've got to meet him and Kane no longer competes in WWE, no longer wrestles. He's got into a much more aggressive 
um, way of making a living. He is the Knox County Mayor. How amazing is that? And his real name is Glenn Jacobs. But not only to be a WWE Hall of Famer, I mean, if I did that with my life, I literally would be drunk on an island somewhere telling everybody how great I once was. But he is sharing his greatness with the rest of the world as a politician, a good dude, and and sometimes uh, too good, maybe, because my big mouth has gotten me in trouble because I met him a few times and and I kind of... We did a little trash talking and, and I told him he couldn't choke slam me and I'm not scared of him. And then somehow I said, um, if, if the classic ever comes back to Knoxville, you, you can choke slam me. Well, the good news is the classic is not scheduled to come back to Knoxville yet, but it is the home of the record crowd. So I'm sure we'll be back there and we'll see if said choke slam happens. But I'll bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Kane. Our Knox County Mayor, Glenn Jacobs. All right, this is not the kind of show you tune into and are used to seeing people uh, in voted in positions, let's say. People who have demands on their time to, to, to run a country, to run a county, to run a city. Uh, Knox County Mayor, Glenn Jacobs, I don't know how I convinced you to do this, but you're actually part of our silly little podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> Our relationship obviously started at the record-setting Bassmaster Classic, which was held in Knoxville just a few years ago. And was that your first kind of introduction to the sport of pro fishing? As far as a live event, yes. I mean, I've seen it on TV, of course. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Bill Dance and watching him out there uh, do his thing, especially when I, when I was a little kid, you know. Um, but so, and I have, I have some friends that dabble in um, the professional professional fishing a little bit. Actually, a nice county sheriff, Tom Spangler, uh, was a professional bass fisherman. So I'm aware of it, but that was my first ever live event to go to. Man, it was awesome. I mean, going to Thompson Bowling Arena um, and seeing just the setup and everything happening and the entertainment value, it did remind me a lot of WWE with the great entrances and just the production value was through the roof so i had a really great time being there and as you said it was huge and massively successful when we did it in knox county well it was very successful and it was i mean i'll say my favorite classic just simply because uh, i mean the bigger the crowd the bigger the pop the better uh, i mean i loved it and and i can't wait to get back there but but i have a problem because sometimes my mouth uh, <laughs> gets me in trouble and i kind of made a deal with you and said that if we ever do come back there, I will let you choke slam me uh, on stage. Now, uh, let's not put the cart before the horse. There's been no announcements made or anything. I don't know that we'll be back there. I I hope that we will be back there. But, but, but are you going to follow through with this if we do come back there? Well, you know, unlike a lot of politicians, I'm a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, that's what I plan on doing. So, yes, you will get choke slammed if you come back to Knoxville. Okay. Um, and, and I'm sure there's somebody out there in the world excited about this, but I need to prepare. <laughs> I need to get ready. What, what is there pain involved in this or? Yeah, there, there can be, uh, it, you know, it just, it really depends. Um, but yeah, there, there, there might be a moment of pain, uh, a quick flash, but you know, you're a tough guy, Dave, it'd be fun. Is there anything I can do to prepare in? No, not really. 
no. I mean, you might want to go out and find a wrestling ring and uh, fall down a bunch and see how that feels. But otherwise, uh, but, but I guess though that doesn't really matter. That's, we're we're going to do it on on the stage, right? So yeah. yeah. So it'd be a lot easier in a ring actually than on the stage. So what I'm doing is actually harder. Yes. Yeah. Or stupider, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> uh, I, I, you'll be fine. I mean, seriously, you'll be, you'll be fine. You know, I mean, people live through it. And after a few years, you'll you'll recombobulate yourself and be able to walk again. And, and you'll be good. I, I didn't ever think this was possible because I said, you know, <laughs> our professional relationship happened in Knoxville. Where we met each other, but our, you know, my relationship with you as, as Kane started many, many years ago and you scared the crap out of me as a little kid, but, but I didn't think it's possible. You're scaring me a, li- a little more right now. But, but here's the deal of this. You were the one that brought it up. Not me. As I remember, you were the one that actually made the offer. Um, and put it out there on the table. And all I did was say, yeah, that's cool, man. Let's do it. But once we shake hands and we have an agreement, we've got to follow through on it. Moment of total honesty. I, I threw it out there just assuming I'm in that this is an old retired wrestler. <laughs> he doesn't want to pick up a portly guy like myself. I a little did I know. Uh, I don't. Uh, you may be a retired wrestler, but, but you're all not right. old. You know what? Maybe I could throw this out there. Uh, maybe you could find a surrogate who will take your place. No, 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 no. So you're going to do it. All right. I'm doing it. I'm doing all right. it. All right. I'm well, doing it's it. all on you then. I mean, I may, again, you know, folks for the audience, this is not my idea. This is all on you. All right. All right. I, I, it'll all be on me. But do you remember if you feel that chokes? I mean, there's a reversal to the choke slam and I'm going to learn it. Okay. <laughs> I think. Well, good. Good luck with that. All right. Yeah. Well, it's easy to be tough when you're talking to you via Zoom. Yeah, that's right. Mayor Glenn Jacobs, I hope we make this uh, this dream of mine or nightmare of mine become a reality. You are the greatest mayor in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Um, and to all my friends out there in the bass fishing world, you know, you provide folks a lot of great entertainment. Um, so I just appreciate you guys. And hopefully we will see you in Knox County sometime over the next couple of years. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Just sleep, rest, rest well with this, my friend. What you going to do when Dave O'Mania runs wild on you? <laughs> intimidated, I can tell. Yes. <laughs> I think he might have been intimidated. I don't know. You, you, uh, I saw something in his eyes. I mean, it's either rage or intimidation. You let me know in the comments whether... I've bitten off more than I can chew this time or my big mouth has gotten me in trouble, just like all my guidance counselors told me it would. I want to thank our two great guests this week and remind you, there's a lot of great podcasts on the internet. This one just happens to be ours, and I'm very thankful that you guys choose to listen to it. See ya! Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?